Hamza Chamaev will never fight again. That's what it feels like. I mean, the guy has only fought once in over a year. What is the UFC doing to Hamza Chamaev, a guy that's in the prime of his career? He's ready to roll. He's ready to win titles, but he's just waiting on the UFC. We got this topic and some predictions next. Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location. This is the community MMA with your host, Chris Cross. Dana White Privilege. And no. Man, what a long way home it was from work today. You know, I'm headed home. I'm ready for the podcast. I know exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Hamza Chamayev and why he's not fighting and what has taken so long. And then I'm sitting in construction work. You know, there's construction work going on. You're on the way home from work. It's five o'clock traffic. And you're sitting there PO'd. And the first thing that goes to your mind is like, why are they doing this construction work? We're at three roads, all meeting one at five o'clock. Why are they not doing this from like nine to like six in the morning when nobody's on the roads? So it took an extra hour to get home from work tonight. Yeah, I work. I got a J-O-B. At least until this thing gets big. As long as y'all keep listening, we're headed that way. But for right now, I'm sitting in, in line, you know, waiting. Ten cars go at a time, and there's like 2,000 cars in line. And I'm just getting pissed the whole time I'm waiting in line. And then I start to think, you know what? Like, this is exactly what Hamza Chamayev is going through. He's sitting in construction, waiting in line for someone to fight him. And nobody wants to fight him. Robert Whitaker saying, I only fight top five guys in so many words. Which we might as well get to that right now. Whitaker said, he's not in the the division rankings. I'm not a huge fan of guys just sliding in and fighting wherever they want. Yeah, it's a different place. The rankings are there for a reason. I like fighting top five guys. That's just where I'm at. I like fighting top five guys because they're the best of the best. And again, so Hamza's just waiting uh, for the construction ahead of him uh, to get done or to at least be able to slide on through, waiting for someone to fight him. He's fought uh, a top five guy, two or three at the time, and Burns beat him. And he still doesn't get a title fight. He still doesn't get a title fight. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So instead, this guy has just got to sit around and wait for someone to take him on. And it seems as though it's just never going to happen. I mean, he fought one time since April 9th of last year. It's now April 18th. Over a year, he's fought one time. After beating a top five guy, he's fought once. So now what you're telling Hamza is, okay, go ahead and fight a top five middleweight 
and then you'll be at another year and then maybe you'll fight a number one, which Colby wouldn't fight him. So now he's got to go to middleweight and then the Robert Whitakers of the world won't fight him. So that's why he's calling out champions. And it's 100% frustrating. I mean, it's absolutely frustrating. Because there's a lot of people out there like myself that believe he's the future champ, should already be the champ. If he, if he got a championship fight, he would be crowned the champion uh, right now. And right now. No. That's what you would be hearing. Hamza Chemaev is the new welterweight or middleweight champion. Hamza Chemaev! It, it's undeniable. I don't care that he struggled against Burns. That, that means nothing to me. He fought this time last year. What was it? Ramadan. And yeah, you know, we went into all that and everything. So it's a year later and now he says, this year I'm not doing that. I'm not fighting during Ramadan. It'll be over April 22nd. We're like right there. It's just about, I think it's this Friday or Saturday. It's over. And then he's, you know, a little bit of training time. He's ready to roll. But nobody will fight him. You got Kosa talking a big game. And that's a possibility because Kosa just signed a contract. So it's, you know, say you got a five, six fight contract. It's the first fight. They're going to forget about that five or six fights from now. You know, it's probably the best contract of your life. The next one isn't going to be so generous. It'll just be because maybe you went four and two and you're still lingering around. And we're going to give you another three or four, you know, but it's not going to be as much money as this one. So he doesn't really have anything to lose right now. So that could be a possibility. But I don't think Paulo Costa does anything for Hamza. I mean, fighting Paulo Costa literally does nothing for Hamza. Absolutely uh, nothing. Nothing. Because he's going to be in the same position he was when he beat Gilbert Burns. And this has got people highly upset. Highly upset. Because even if he beats him, you're like in the same position as Burns. When you beat Burns, you're number three, maybe number five. And then the one, two, three, four, whoever's ahead of you don't want to fight you. And the champion saying you need another win. If I'm out of Sanya, I'm just going ahead, go ahead and fight him and shut it down. And then that's it. There's nobody else. Who are they going to put up there? Dreykus, Duplessis? No. If the UFC really wants to make this happen, they could tell uh, Adesanya, you beat Hamza, you get the light, uh, light heavyweight title shot right away. No matter if years back, whatever it is, you're next. We can always hold Yuri off. Yuri Prochaska, that is. Let him recover a little longer. Take a good year and a half before you come back. And do it like that if they really wanted to. If they really wanted to. I mean, that's solely up to the president. Dana White privilege you know he knows how to negotiate he can get the job done dana white privilege if he really wants to but i don't know that he wants to so you got that going on now this saturday night you got some big fights going on for real for real bobby green is back in fight four mean bobby green you know i can't wait to see him fight coming off the loss to islam We'll see what he can do. Let's get to that prediction right now. In the lightweight division at UFC Fight Night, you got Bobby Green coming in at 29 and 14, believe it or not. Taking on Jared Gordon, who comes in at 19 and 6. Bobby Green, one inch taller, 5'10. He's now 36 years old. Jared Gordon, 34. So both guys have sort of turned that corner. 
Bobby Green, 3-inch reach advantage. They both fight right-handed. Bobby Green lands 6 significant strikes per minute. He's very active. Jared Gordon, 5.4. Not bad. Very close. Jared Gordon lands about 2 takedowns over the course of 3 rounds. Bobby Green gets like a takedown every other round. So these guys can land takedowns. Now Bobby Green, 72% takedown defense. So that's not bad. It should stifle Jared Gordon a little bit. But look for Jared Gordon to really go for takedowns in this fight. Bobby Green's coming off back-to-back losses to Islam Mahachev. KO. Drew Dauber. KO. Before that, he beat Nazareth Hakparast and Al Iaquinta, which is a big win at that time. He also lost to Rafael Fiziev and Thiago Moises. So he's lost to some quality competition. Now, Jared Gordon, a.k.a. Flash, 61% takedown defense. That's okay, but not great. So the takedown game is kind of even between these two. When you factor in, you know, takedown average as well as takedown defense, it's kind of even. Gordon's come up the loss to Patty Pimblett. He beat Leonardo Santos, so he's 1-1 one one in his last two. Prior to that, he lost to Grant Dawson and beat Joe Selecki, Danny Chavez, and Chris Fishgold. So, you know, this is a really interesting fight, but Bobby Green has had some top-notch competition in Drew Dober and Islam Mahachev. Jared Gordon's a step down from that. So I fully expect Bobby Green to come in here and take care of business. I love to see him get the KO finish, but that remains to be uh, seen. Regardless, Bobby Green wins this fight on significant strikes and takedown defense. Remember, above 70%, above average. So he's going to stop the takedowns from Gordon to get the win here, hopefully get the knockout. And get his 30th professional um, MMA win. He'll move to 30, 14, and 1 here in the lightweight division, UFC fight night. Yeah, so I mean, listen, Bobby Green can fight. Bobby Green can fight. But defending the takedowns, which he's good at, but if he goes to the ground, it, it could be trouble against a good grappler. And now we saw that with Islam Mahache, but he's going to do that to 90% of fighters. So, but. That's the key in this fight. If Jared Gordon tries to take him down, he's got to be able to defend. If he does, he gets a win, and he might even get an impressive win. We'll see. Another big guy, big name on the card, Brad Tavares, walks in the octagon in fight three this Saturday night. In the middleweight division of UFC fight night, you got Brad Tavares coming in 19-8, taking on Bruno Silva, who comes in at 22 and eight. Tavares, one inch taller at six one. Uh, reach exactly the same, 74 inches apiece. They both stand right handed. Uh, Silva's a little more active, about 4.3 significant strikes per minute to 3.3. So that's like one per minute over the course of 15 minutes. You're looking at a 15 uh, significant strike advantage for Bruno Silva if these stats hold up. Uh, when you look at the takedown game, neither guy landing one. On average, over three rounds, so it shouldn't be a big deal in this fight. We're going to get a stand-up striking fight. Unless it does go to the ground, we're good. they are capable of going to the ground, but they would rather stand up in the strike. Reason being, Tavares, 80% takedown defense. Silva, 71%. Both guys above average, so this thing is going to be on the feet most of the time. Now, Tavares lost to Drakus Duplessis by decision. It's a good sign that he went to a decision with Duplessis. 
He uh, got the win over Amari Aquindal by split decision and Antonio Carlos Jr. by decision. So, you know, he's trending upward over the last three to four fights for sure. Now, Silva is always a, a tough competitor. Remember, he, he lost Alex Padetta two fights ago, but really made him work and took him down twice. Padetta was in a little bit of trouble in that fight, but he also lost to Gerald Mearshart by submission. Before that, he beat Jordan Wright, Andrew Sanchez, and Wellington Terman. Uh, three fights in a row coming into the UFC, all three by KO. But the thing with uh, Tavares is he's got a long uh, career, right? In his last three losses, he lost to Duplessis, Shabazian, and Adesanya. Other than, if he didn't, you know, he lost those three, but he could potentially be on a nine-fight win streak right now. He's six and three over the last nine. And that's because when he gets to the top, he faces a big-time opponent and he falls. So this fight is very tough to predict because for Tavares, it's right in between those wins and losses. He's, Silva's not as good as the fights Tavares lost, but Silva's way better than the fights that he's won. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting here. But when you have a fight this close, I tend to lean with the stats. And when you see 4.3 significant strikes for, per minute, one more for Silva per minute, uh, I got to go with him, especially when, you know, both guys got great takedown defense. So I like Silva to outstrike Tavares here, be more active, get the win. In my opinion, it moved to 23-8, and eight, middleweight division, UFC, fight night. Well, and I'm glad I read the news, breaking news. Uh, this is now the co-main event. Ricky Simon, uh, what was it, Song Yudong, co-main event, canceled. Breaking news. I'm glad I... I'm glad I looked at the news while that clip was playing, or else I would have played uh, the Yadong prediction for no reason. But yeah, uh, that's going to be an interesting co-main event and very tough one to predict, as you saw there. Very, it's going to be a, a great fight. So I'm not mad that it's the co-main, even though Song Yadong uh, and his opponent was going to be a great fight. I mean, people were already going back and forth on that, but that fight is canceled, ladies and gentlemen. And what that means is your main event, well, co-main, right? But now your main event is Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades. This is a big, big three-versus-four matchup in the heavyweight division. John Jones at the top, Cyril Gaon, Stipe Miocic, who's likely to fight John Jones, which seems like an easy win for Jones, easy payday. Go, let's get that contract moving, right, if you're John Jones. And you got Pavlovich versus Blades. And if Sergey wins this fight, I would argue that he should get the title shot. Maybe that's what John Jones is trying to avoid, right? You can, if you're the champ, you could really play this for a year. You can make Pavlovich wait a year. I say hold off on the Miocic fight. Let's look at uh, what Pavlovich and Blades do here. If Blades wins, no, he doesn't get it. If Pavlovich wins with what he's, the momentum he's got right now, and, you know, he ran through Derek Lewis, who beat Curtis Blades. But that's a, this is a whole different style, you know, stylistic matchup. Because if Pavlovich can't defend the takedowns, it could be a long night. So uh, that gives you a little insight to our prediction. Maybe not. Check this out. In the heavyweight division at UFC Fight Night, you got Sergey Pavlovich, the number three contender in the heavyweight division, taking on number four, Curtis Blade. So this is a high-level matchup. Your main event at UFC Vegas. 71. Now, Blades, one inch taller at 6'4". Pavlovich, 30. 
Blades 32, age shouldn't be a problem. Pavlovich, 4-inch reach advantage, 84 versus 80. He's a left-hander. Southpaw, Blades stands right-handed. Now, Pavlovich is very active, over 8 significant strikes per minute. Blades about 3.5 per minute, but the takedown game goes to Blades, and this will be the interesting part of this fight. He lands about 2 takedowns per round, which is hard to believe. Now, when you look at Pavlovich takedown defense, 66%, it's about average, but Blades is superior in this department. Sergey's went on a five-fight win streak, beating Ty Tuavasa by KO. Derek Lewis, KO. Abdurakimov, KO. Maurice Green, KO. Marcelo Gom, KO. His last loss was to Alistair Overeem, but that was, you know, four or five years ago, so you'd expect him to lose that fight when Overeem was sort of at his height, or at least coming down from it at that time. Now, Curtis Blades, a.k.a. Razor, Blades, uh, 33% takedown defense. That's not great, but it shouldn't matter. Coming off the KO win over Tom Aspinall, slowed him down. Chris Dawkins, KO win. Rosenstrike, decision. His last loss was to Derek Lewis by KO, and he just got caught, really. Before that, he won four in a row against Volkov. Uh, Junior Dos Santos, Shamil Abdurakimov, and Justin Willis. He could very easily be on an eight-fight win streak right now with the only loss to Francis Ngannou if he would have beat Derek Lewis. So this guy is for real. It's going to be an interesting fight. And, you know, a lot of these fights, he's not in the octagon very long at all, especially when he's getting KOs. That's why his takedown average is so strong. I mean, he had 14 takedowns against Volkov. But Volkov was a tall fighter. Pavlovich, not so much. Pavlovich is going to have to defend the takedowns. And I tell you, I'm having a tough time with this one because these guys are both really good. 17-01 versus 17-3. and You know, and I like to say Curtis Blades is going to win, but I just can't. I can't go against Pavlovich right now. This guy's climbing too quick. I might pay for this prediction later. But I'm going to lean with Pavlovich. Hopefully he can get uh, the striking game going by keeping the uh, takedowns at bay. You know, if he gets taken down more than once or twice in his fight, he's probably going to lose. So I got to bank on the fact that he's going to defend these takedowns. And he's going to outstrike Curtis Blades, which he does to almost every opponent. But Curtis Blades can really silence him with those takedowns. So we have to wait and see. But I like Pavlovich to win by KO to move to 18-1 and one in the heavyweight division at UFC fight night. Boy, that's a tough prediction. That's a tough one. You know, but we're 9-3 on the year right now. 12 main events done, about, you know, a quarter of the way through, maybe a third of the way through of the year. Not quite a third. There'll be like 44 fights. 43-44 in the year. But 10-3 and three sounds better than 9-4. and four. And when he Pavlovich to come through, he's got to defend the takedowns. I mean, he's just got to defend the takedowns. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now we head into the Q&A. Oh, boy. Buckle your seatbelts. Sase says, who do you got if Hamza fought Izzy? Oh, that's not even, that's not even a question. I'm going with Hamza. Easy. First round. Has uh, Malari. Stinks, man. Hamza delay his title fight. 
Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's expecting to fight for the title. I, I feel you. I'm the same way. I just expect them to fight for the title. Kenneth Bruner. Long paragraph. I don't want to dislike the UFC, but they ain't making it easy. This is all in the UFC. But Hamza has a case study of what not to do if you're an organization. The fighter saying, doesn't deserve, hasn't fought anybody, just gives cover to the decision makers, the UFC management. Inmates running the asylum. On the bright side, Ikram Aliskarov fights on an earlier prelim against Phil Halls on UFC 288. Middleweight is getting gutted and renovated over the next year. Thank God. So that's Bruner with a, a long paragraph there weighing in. And, you know, that is a talk that he's not fighting anybody. He doesn't deserve it. Blase, blase, blase. You know? But that's that's what they got to say. What else? Are they, what are they going to say? Bring it on. They don't want that. Samson. Izzy scare Hamza. Even Izzy fans started ducking Hamza. Says Hamza doesn't deserve blah, blah. No doubt. Malari's back. If Hamza fights Costa, dominates him. Ooh, middleweight division scared. So You see, I'm not the only one. Amir alone. They knew they would not win that way. Why they talk only? Hamza will be champ. Black Diamond 2000. 2K. The UFC is really making me, is really pissing me off. The need uh, to capitalize Hamza's talents when he is in his prime. As a big fan, I just want to see him fight. I know. I know it. Zhang Victor talking about uh, Song Yudong Ricky Simon was canceled, but they say you, you're delusional. Let's see. I had Ricky Simon winning, but we'll not, we'll, we might never know. Marlo. Five more seconds delay from the referee would have ended Pereira. Yeah, I mean, Izzy really finished him, man. Izzy wasn't playing. Izzy was not playing in that fight, and that's why he won. So listen, it's been a good show, man. Stuck in construction. Stuck in construction on the way home. I'm like, I'm never getting home. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, I'm never going to fight again. And the fans are thinking, will he ever fight again? It's scary. It's like Hamza will never fight again. That's what it feels like right now. I mean, it's wild. But listen, that'll do it. I made it home. Hamza will fight again. He's got to keep the keep the hope. Here's your boy, Chris Cross. Have a great day. God bless. Peace.